you for listening, but please be advised that I don't just believe shit I hear on podcasts, and I really hope you don't either. Be skeptical and look into things for yourself. If you find that I was wrong about something, the best thing you can do for me is to let me know. You can do that at livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. Please also be aware of the fact that I do swear, and I don't bleep anything out. So listener discretion is advised. episode 88 of Living Through Extinction, a short to the point podcast with science and skepticism, environment and wildlife, and stuff I find cool that I want to learn more about. Today I have a skeptical podcast to recommend, and I talk about how probiotics might be able to protect endangered corals, nanoparticles that can perform gene editing in the lungs, and how the history of fascism reflects on what we are seeing in places of the U.S. today. Oh, who am I kidding? Canada too. If you've joined me before, then thank you for returning. I really do appreciate you. If this is your first time listening to Living Through Extinction, welcome. I hope you find it both fun and informative. And if you're interested in supporting the show, all the possible ways are listed after the final segment and thank yous. For today's skeptical segment, I'm recommending a podcast. Science Versus has been around for years. They pick a topic, like circumcision or transgender healthcare, for example, and they use scientific skepticism to determine the truth about the practices. There is no going into any topic with an outcome in mind. All subjects are taken from scratch, and available studies are looked at, as well as the methods of those studies, to reach a factual conclusion. They also cite all of their references on their website, and there can be hundreds for some episodes. So anything they say on the show can be fact-checked and confirmed. They don't pull shit out of their ass or base anything on their own opinions. One can literally go to their references and see where they took their information from. One can go to the studies themselves and confirm the reported methods and results. It's all there. And that's how you can tell that a show is being honest about the details it shares. It doesn't just say, this is how it is. It provides the how and why of how it is. That's one good check to see if the people you're listening to are truly being skeptical, damn it. Coral, the ongoing damage to reefs, and possible solutions are common topics on this show. Hard coral provides habitat and shelter to fish and marine animals, and their presence near shore provides a defense for the coastline from storm damage and erosion. Until recently, the only effective treatment option for already infected coral has been amoxicillin. This, however, contributes to antibiotic resistance, and it's been understood for a while now that a way to help coral without adding to antibiotic resistance is urgently needed. Stony coral tissue loss disease has been devastating Florida's coral reefs since 2014, and it continues to rapidly spread through the Caribbean. At least two dozen hard coral species have been affected by the disease, which eats away their tissue, leaving nothing but a white calcium carbonate skeleton. Researchers with Smithsonian's Natural Museum of Natural History have discovered the first effective probiotic for both treating and preventing stony coral tissue loss disease. Testing so far has shown that the strain is just as effective as the antibiotics are, except the antibiotics never did anything to stop the spread of the disease, and this works for that as well. And it will not contribute to antibiotic resistance. A paper on this work has been published in Communications Biology. According to Yale, 
Fascism is an ideology developed and elaborated in early 20th century Western Europe, which was enabled by technology, mass media, and weapons of war. It is right-wing by nature, has a patriarchal structure, mobilizes violence against minorities and so-called lefties, and has a leader who may not be questioned. If he says it, you better at least pretend to believe it, or you will be punished. That leader declares what is true and what is false, and reality be damned. That's fascism. When expertise and reality challenge a fascist authority, they are eliminated from public awareness. Thanks to Trump, fascism has become acceptable by both Americans and Canadians alike. When such an obviously racist, misogynistic, homophobic conspiracy theorist made into office, the white supremacist slash Christian nationalists saw it as a sign that they could come out of the closet as the bigots that they are. It also showed them the power of propaganda. So they planned their first demonstration where they chanted things like, Jews will not replace us. Anti-fascists also showed up to protest this Nazi gathering, obviously. And that's when everything changed. When the current president of the United States absolutely refused to condemn those who were chanting, Jews will not replace us, and instead went on public record with the statement that there were good people on both sides. That was when every U.S. citizen who had been waiting for a second chance at that civil war came out of hiding, and the president of the United States supported them at every turn, even encouraged them to violence when he was voted out. The fact that he was not arrested as a traitor to the country after not just trying to overthrow the government but stealing and sharing top secret documents makes absolutely no sense. Since that day, we've watched as one step after another parts of America go full fascist, using the same gradual methods as were used in Germany back when America was fully on the correct side of justice and fought against fascists. The veterans of that war must be turning in their graves right now. Can you imagine? Goodness, most of them never saw this day come. It would have devastated them to know that the war they fought means nothing to these mega-cultists. If you told a Republican in the 50s, any Republican in the 50s, about what the Republican Party would become in just 70 years, they would never have believed it. It's literally the opposite of what they used to believe America to stand for. Every step of the way, there is someone who says, I'm overreacting, but the steps keep going and going. Every step of the way, there is someone who says, it won't go to the next step until it does. Every step of the way, there is someone who says it won't get that bad until it does. Trump put fascists and Christian nationalists in the Supreme Court and supported people like DeSantis getting fascists and Christian nationalists in government positions all over the fucking place. And the steps continue in the hands of these people. It's strange how they started it, though. They started it by accusing the libs of doing everything they had every intention of doing. Talk about the party of hypocrites or the party of deflectors. They accused the libs of being sensitive snowflakes when Dr. Seuss made a business choice to take books off the shelf that were not making money anymore. They yelled about the libs canceling Dr. Seuss when the libs had nothing to do with it. And now, a year later, they are the ones, the Republicans, not the libs, responsible for a ridiculous number of books being banned from schools and libraries. It was deflection all along. And because of their naive, undereducated, and or dishonest base, it worked 100%. Now history is being revised and books are being banned by the thousands. Have you seen some of the books going out? 
These hypocrites who call the libs sensitive snowflakes have canceled fucking rainbows. A rainbow on a shirt can trigger one of these psychos into a rage. A violent rage in some of these cases we've been seeing in Target stores and shit like that. It's fucking pathetic. This is all a part of the lead into fascism, though. Deflect. Make baseless accusations against opponents while denying any truth about your own party. I will never understand how those who have fallen into this fascist mindset don't see it for what it is. Don't see what they and their children will eventually lose because of it. You may not be affected yet, but you will. That's what it eventually leads to. What it always eventually leads to. That's one reason why knowledge of history in other nations is so important. We can literally look at history and see what's happening here and now in the histories of nations we always thought of as oppressed. Let's talk about some of the signs that made it clear where things were headed and some further signs that are going on in present day. Wannabe fascists are extremely egotistical. They make their campaigns theatrical. They have mass meetings, hold parades and rallies, and there's a focus on leader worship. That's been Trump since 2015. He loves the adoring crowds, and he himself has said that he could walk into the street and shoot someone in broad daylight and his base wouldn't care. They would still support him. And he's right, because his base is a cult, and that's how cults work. I couldn't have been the only one who didn't understand when people started praising Trump for communicating with people like Putin and Kim Jong-un. That's when I started to see that the people who supported him were not being reasonable, were not seeing things realistically. When the leaders of the free world condemn your leader and the leaders of the oppressed are their friend, then that is not a good sign for continuing free America. It's in fact a very bad sign. Yet they were all, Trump did what nobody else could. He started communications with Putin and Kim Jong-un. No other president ever did that. Um, yeah, because they're monsters and leaders of free nations don't want to be associated with them, you dumbasses. It's not that they couldn't. It's that they would never. Until Trump, even Republican presidents had some sense of right and wrong. The night evity of his followers reached a point where they were crying that he would save their freedom while at the same time he was getting friendly with fascists, authoritarians, and dictators who don't believe in a free society. I mean, it's like they're just ignorant of reality to the point where they can be convinced of anything. So that should have been a big clue to everyone. How it wasn't, I'll never quite understand. If you are from a free nation and your current leader begins to get friendly with the fascists, authoritarians, and dictators, your free nation is in jeopardy. Some of the first things fascists come for and want to control are education and exposure. They don't want their people to have an understanding of the history of the nation and how it came to be the way it is today. They just want the way it is today to be accepted without question. They do not want their people to be exposed to new ideas of any kind or people with different cultures and customs. Learning has always been and will always be a public good. Historically, fascists restrict access to learning of all kinds. They outright reject education as important and instead encourage conformity and uncritical thinking. I say it so it is. Never mind that it doesn't make sense. I am always right. Never mind that it's physically impossible. I am always right. Never mind that it's been disproven. I said it so it's true. Mussolini even had billboards put out that said things like, the deuce is always right, and believe, obey, fight. Restricting education helps those who wish to end democracy to keep control. 
Historians worldwide are calling the moves in the U.S. to exert power over education disturbingly familiar. Oligarchs and other oppressors need to stop the questioning of those in power outright, which is the opposite of free speech, you realize. Which is another thing that a year ago they were crying about protecting fucking liars. DeSantis keeps signing bills that restrict education more every day. They're putting bills in place to ensure there are no questions raised and definitely no discussions about anything outside of his cis-straight white Christian identity. That's not a free nation, folks. The speed at which these things can happen is astonishing, but look into it. It's real. Mussolini was legally appointed the Italy prime minister in 1922, but unlike Trump, he was a competent fascist, so much more dangerous to freedom and democracy. It took just five years. By 1927, all opposing political parties had either been banned or absorbed into Mussolini's fascist party. Another parallel to Trump is how almost half of the education ministers he appointed had zero experience in education. Kind of like that heiress friend of Trump's who ended up in charge of the U.S. education system in 2016. In free democratic societies, people are put in positions they are qualified for. Friends, family, and people with enough bribe money are put in these positions in fascist societies. This is also a parallel to DeSantis. The governor of a state appoints all the members of the Board of Education, and they have the power to destroy it if they choose to do so. And so he has. The board currently has just one teacher on it, and they weren't appointed until this past March 2023. Mussolini's government continued to place restrictions on schools bit by bit, then more and more until it reached the point where the government developed national textbooks for all, written by a small number of faithful party members. These textbooks supported the fascist ideology and promoted science denial and a twisted view of reality. Compare that to DeSantis's fight to remove dissenting opinions from schools while ignoring qualified, educated people. He instead seeks out the dishonest who will say the things he tells them to say. He wants to make America Florida. It's a slogan for crying out loud. Make America Florida. Doesn't even flow. It's a stupid fucking slogan. But whatever. That would inevitably lead to generations of children who are unable to see the world as it is. Generations of Americans who do not understand how to critically evaluate information. Generations of ignorance. And that's what they want. They want you to think you have it as good as it gets. They do not want those they oppress to be exposed to those who are really free. Fascism involves whitewashing history, banning ideas, censoring books, demonizing educators, and discouraging critical thought or inquiry. That's got DeSantis written all the fuck over it. And that is not freedom. Those who say supporting him as supporting freedom are either deluded or lying about their actual belief. Fascism also tends to be patriarchal. Under Mussolini, a woman's fertility eventually reached the point where it belonged to the state. The attack on reproductive rights is yet another common step on that stairway we are taken to our very own fascist society. The bodily autonomy of women is a major target of fascist regimes. All these big lies the Republicans keep latching onto, those are also fascist tactics. Every fascist regime in history has created fake atrocities and made fake accusations with the promise to be the people's savior from these made-up atrocities and the falsely accused. Every single fascist movement since the end of World War II has used propaganda to create the alternate reality they want the people to believe and to promote local hatreds. It's quite common to tell their base that their women and children are under threat and have to be protected from these made-up threats. Sound familiar? Muslims, LGBT individuals, teachers, drag queens. 
I didn't think propaganda was something that would work again on people from somewhat educated countries. But 2016 and the years since have proven me wrong there. Another commonality is playing the victim to equality. Sounds ridiculous, right? That's because it is. Others gaining equality has to be viewed as somehow harming their base. And so Germany claimed their Christian citizens were victims of the existence of Jewish equality, while Americans became victims of black American equality. Men are victims of women's equality. Cis straight folk are victims of LGBT equality. And everything wrong in the world is inaccurately put at the feet of immigrants, leftists, and minorities of all kinds. Side by side with this is the total acceptance of racism and bigotry. The Nazis blamed the Jews for everything, as did the Polish fascists. Croatia fascists claimed the Serbs were racially inferior to them. Syrian fascists made claims of being the superior race. Japanese fascists made claims that they were the superior race. The U.S. is no different, with its white Christian nationalists claiming that they are the superior race with a superior religion. Yet another commonality of fascist regimes is the glorification of the hierarchy of classes. They aim to keep the rich rich, keep the poor poor, and push the middle class down. In North America, this began with the lie of trickle-down economics. Lying to the people by telling them that if the rich don't have to pay their fair share, then what they save will trickle down to the poor. Spoil alert, it doesn't work. The only way for a free nation to continue is if everyone pays their fair share. Giving cuts to the rich and going after the middle class and poor for their taxes has much more in common with the medieval kingdom than any free nation. A totalitarian does not declare their intent until they seize power. Then they destroy everything, taking full control over all areas of government and previously independent institutions, organizations, churches, courts, universities, social clubs, veterans groups, sports associations, youth groups, everything. A totalitarian encourages the youth to inform on parents and elders who speak against the government and their claims. That's not free speech. Sure, they reduce unemployment. We can give them that, but it's not a good thing. The employed work longer hours for lower wages in more dangerous conditions without regard for their safety. And anyone left over is recruited into the military. So, yes, very low unemployment, but very high dissatisfaction with quality of life. In fact, the average wage for middle and lower class individuals was cut in half, greatly affecting the average standard of living with it. War and violence are generally glorified by a fascist regime. Mussolini put out statements such as, A minute on the battlefield is worth a lifetime of peace. Better to live an hour like a lion than a hundred years like a sheep. And nothing has ever been won in history without bloodshed. The Japanese sent out pamphlets that said, War is the father of creation and the mother of culture. And finally, they're scapegoating. That's been a Republican thing as well since 2016. Fascist groups consistently pick other nations, other parties, or groups or minorities to use as scapegoats to prop up their positions. Trump used the Muslims. Since then, Republicans and even conservatives in Canada have used the LGBT people as scapegoats, and most recently, drag queens. Innocents being attacked for no reason other than gaining political power. It is very sick. We're having our own issues with ignorance and bigotry here in Canada already. But what should really terrify us about the U.S. stepping up that stairway to fascism is the tendency for fascist regimes to strive to conquer others. There has been example after example. Do we really think the U.S. will be any different? 
Hitler wanted to conquer Eastern Europe and Russia. Portuguese fascists went after Guinea, Angola, and Mozambique. Croatian fascists wanted to grow Croatia by taking over Serbia. Mussolini went after North Africa and sent armies in to invade Ethiopia. Finnish fascists wanted to grow their nation by going after Russia. Polish fascists advocated going after East Prussia. Japanese fascists aimed to conquer Great East Asia. Syrian, Iraqi, and Egyptian fascists all preached the expanding of their borders via violence and conquest. Once they gain power, there's nothing stopping them from deciding that Canada belongs to them and declaring war upon us. Fascism is bad for everyone except the elite. How it is that so many people do not see that anymore is beyond me. Y'all who vote for this shit are turning against your children and grandchildren, and you don't even seem to realize it. RNA is being explored for all sorts of amazing uses, including the fight against muscular dystrophy and liver damage. Hopefully I'll eventually be able to have segments on both of these in future positive segments. One area I can talk about already though is some amazing work being done with the lungs. Researchers at MIT and the University of Massachusetts Medical School have developed a new inhalable nanoparticle that can be used to deliver mRNA directly to the lungs. Patients are able to comfortably inhale it through a nebulizer. The nanoparticles contain a long lipid tail and a positively charged head group. The lipid tail is what is used to get the nanoparticles through the lung cell's membranes. The positive charge assists in two ways. It enables the particle to interact with the negatively charged MNRA, and it also helps it to get through the lipid outer structure once it's gotten into the target cell. Testing is being done on cystic fibrosis in mice. Imagine if there could be a cure for cystic fibrosis? And then after that, there's plans to test it on idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis and other genetic lung conditions. This is huge. The first demonstrations in mice have shown that the delivery method is highly effective. They can get the mRNA directly to where it's needed. And so far, there have been no immune responses, which is another big deal. And the nanoparticles completely break down within a few days, which even further reduces the chance of inflammation. Obviously, these are studies still in progress, but results so far are really positive. This work has been published in Nature Biology. Oh, sorry, this work has been published in Nature Biotechnology. I'm done for today. Please consider subscribing to the YouTube for short weekly skeptical videos. Thank you for joining me. May your health and sanity continue to be replenished daily. My eternal gratitude goes out to the following people. Jason Martin for helping me get started on this project more than three and a half years ago. I wouldn't be doing this right now if not for him. Kathy Rayner for her musical contribution on the violin. Paul Palmer for his musical contribution on the guitar. He can be found at WPG Suitcase Drummer on Instagram. Dustin Harder for composing and recording the intro and outro for the show. You can find him on Instagram at Prairie Soul Music. And finally, thank you to my household for putting up with me. Y'all are the best. I hope you'll choose to join me again in two weeks for episode 89 of Living Through Extinction. If you enjoy Living Through Extinction and would like to support the show, the best ways to do so are to subscribe and rate and to comment and like positive comments on your favorite podcast player. Or you can help out by following, liking, and sharing on all the social medias. The show can be found under Living Through Extinction on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and TikTok, and under LTE Pod on Twitter and Hive. There's also a Patreon at patreon.com slash livingthroughextinction. There you can earn stickers, pins, masks, and more, as well as help me to plant some trees. If you have any comments, corrections, questions, or suggestions, please email them to livingthroughextinction at gmail.com or message me through one of the social medias. 